Los Angeles. Hello, lovers of Major League Soccer. Hello, fans of the beautiful game. And hello to the millions. And millions. Of Defenders of the Bank listeners. Welcome to episode 263 of our little podcast heard in over 100 countries. Deep breaths. Caffeine kick in. It's 1.27 a.m. on Wednesday morning. This is going to be a rough one to unwrap. A game in which eyes from around the league and around the world were fixated on Pasadena. A matchup of historic significance as 82,110 were in attendance tonight, setting a league record. Fans showed up from both sides. The rivals showed up, a.k.a. the Galaxy. And LAFC sort of shows up. In reality, we haven't shown up since the CCL Finals, having lost eight of our last 11 in all competitions. But before we get into all of that, let's do our introductions so you have a clue as to who in the hell you're listening to if this is your first time. And if it's your first time, welcome and stick around. This is us. I am the platinum-colored-haired flamingo that, if you're watching, my name is Christian Philly Philemon, and that's Philly with an F, not a PH. And I'm coming to you from inside my laboratory at world-famous Monster Studios in beautiful Burbank, California. And joining me after having had the great misfortune of spending yet another entire day with me, my partner in pod and a man I share a bank account with, all the way from Lawndale, California, 34 miles away from Burbank, the warlock of wolves himself, I give you J.R. Liebert. The scarf. What's good, everybody? Uh, yeah, 82,110 people. I would say it was 55, 45, maybe 60, 40 in there for LAFC supporters. I think uh, the 32 were incredible. I think that the energy was great. I think even the traffic wasn't that bad. I'll say this. We got there early. We left late. Philly's in the middle of yawning right now, as I say that, here at 1.29 in the morning, Wednesday, Dr. July 5th. Pepper. It's just unfortunate we couldn't provide a result for the incredible support that we had inside the Rose Bowl. Let's think about that for a minute. 82,110, the former home of the Carson Galaxy. Back then, we couldn't call them the Carson Galaxy. We would have had to at least, to make fun of them, called them the Pasadena Galaxy. But <laughs> either way... Uh, way cooler than anything down at Dignity Health Sports Park. But I think, Philly, what you and I can agree on is that the travel to get to Dignity Health Sports Park, although you're in you're in Burbank. You loved the drive to the Rose Bowl. I, I I'm 12 minutes on most days from Carson. So there's that. Again, the disappointment in the result. I, I, again, am still just so pissed at Major League Soccer. Before we get off into our rants and everything else, Philly, let's at the top, let's pay bills real quick. We want to remind everybody again, if it's your first time, welcome. If it's your several other time, welcome. Uh, and uh, if you don't if really want to listen to us. 262nd time, we owe you a hug, a free scarf, and a pin. I mean, sure. Uh, that's for sure. Uh, and if you're just being forced to listen to this in the car while your significant other is driving along, I, I apologize. That's, uh, that's unfortunate, but hi, welcome. We are, of course, sponsored by Flex and FlexPowerTools.com, the official front of kit sponsor for your defending MLS Cup champion Los Angeles Football Club. And, of course, the primary sponsor of Defenders of the Bank, an LAFC podcast heard in 
over 100 countries worldwide. So again, if there is anything at all that you guys need from Flex and Flex Power Tools, hit on up flexpowertools.com, a full lifetime warranty on anything you buy in 2023. And I want to remind everybody, we are still fundraising for the Mo Facio Futsal Court. LAFC.com backslash Mo hyphen Facio. Please head on over to LAFC.com backslash Mo hyphen Facio and get your donating on. We got to get this court funded and built so that we can honor Mo in the best way that we have figured out how so far. There'll be all kinds of other great ways once we get the court open. We have to do it. Um, Look, if you're listening out there and you have a lot of money, donate. Make the donation for $82,110. Why not? Just why not? Go for it. Uh, I'll make the donation for me. Uh, I'm going to make a donation of $20 and six cents. I'll tell you why $20 and six cents before the match, the people putting on the champions tour, which I believe might even be like an AEG thing. I don't know. Uh, but the people putting on the champions tour, which is a six team tournament coming to California and other places throughout the United States, uh, Manchester United and Arsenal, right? Philly. We have Juve and AC Milan and Barca and Real Madrid. You guys have probably heard of all six of those clubs. Once they had representatives twice. of five. Philly, I don't know what your Manchester United Reds were doing. They couldn't get a former player. So none of them live near around Los Angeles. What's going on with your Reds there, buddy? Um, I got to interview Andrea Barzagli before the match. And I say I because we were in such a cramped space. Philly held the camera. Uh, it was really cool. Um, Philly, uh, I owe you one. Obviously, you and I mentioned this though. Uh, he was he was on the 2006 World Cup winning Azzurri team, the Italian national team. Uh, if it were somebody uh, that was on the any of the German national teams that have won the World Cup, I would certainly have just held the camera for Philly. So I just I want to say again, thank you, brother. I got to interview Andrea Barzagli and my my twenty dollar and six cents comment, and this has gone completely off the rails, and I apologize. Uh, was because I got to interview him and they won the cup in 2006. That's all I have, Philly. Your thoughts? My thoughts are it's better that you interviewed him because I'm, I was still bitter about what Italy did to Germany in 2006. So I didn't want to ask him of that. I could have been really salty and asked him how he felt the last time he watched Italy play in a big time game here in Pasadena. You'd have to go back to the summer of 94, where the infamous Roberto Baggio missed PK, led Brazil. On to winning yet another World Cup. A happy moment for Brazilians, not so much for Italians. I might have accidentally asked that question. I'm glad I wasn't the one asking the questions. So I was happy that you were happy. Uh, Barzagli had a heck of a career. I mean, he spent, what, eight or nine seasons winning here, left here and there, left and right with Juventus. He was on a 2009 Bundesliga Wolfsburg team featuring Aiden Dzeko, uh, a team that won the Bundesliga in 09. And obviously with the run that Bayern has been on, it's kind of crazy to hear of anybody else that wins the Bundesliga. But that 2009 Wolfsburg team. Especially Wolfsburg. <laughs> what? Especially Wolfsburg. What'd I say? No, I'm saying you said it's kind of crazy to hear of anybody else winning. Oh, yeah. yeah. Especially Wolfsburg nowadays. Yeah. So pretty darn cool. And yes, obviously uh, a World Cup winner, a World Cup champion. Not a lot of people in the world that get to have that honor and distinction. And when you asked him that question, 
He didn't need his interpreter and his translator and his publicist <laughs> to say anything. The minute you ask him, you could say you're a World Cup champion. He sheepishly grinned. Yes, yes, yes. Like that's about you could tell he knew English right there. He didn't need his interpreter. So you certainly made his day. And obviously he made your day standing in front of an Italian legend wearing a Juve sweatshirt. I'm sure the little bufanda that you have down there was certainly spry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait a minute. It's not so little. Uh, anyways, it's not that small. Uh, no, honestly, being there were a few pinch me moments today, even though obviously, guys, the result sucks. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. Blue and sucked. Uh, same time. Jesus. All right. If it's Defenders Argue after it's dark, it's, well. it's 1.35 in the morning. It's Defenders after dark, I guess, for Philly over there right now. And he's only had water and like Topo Chico and everything. No, but, I had some Dr. Pepper. And by the way, in and out never tasted better than it does at 1, at 1 a.m. So big <laughs> shout out to in and out Burger. And um, Panda and Nina for hooking us up, by the way. Be, being able to sit and interview a 2006 Italian World Cup champion, one of a couple of pinch me moments, just being in the press box at the Rose Bowl today, it was pretty cool. Um, and then more, more on what we got to do afterwards. All right, let's uh, let's get into what we normally do at the top of everything. We do a little bit of a thing called This Day in LAFC History, where we recount all the great things that have happened, uh, in particular on July 4th. Uh, that would There's only one great thing that happened in all of LAFC history, as far as I can tell so far. And that would be July 4th, 1992. Well, LAFC wasn't a thing back in July 4th, 1992. You're absolutely right. But until that day, neither was John McCarthy. John McCarthy wasn't a thing until July 4th, 1992. It was his birthday today. A real bummer that we couldn't get a result for the 2022 MLS Cup MVP. Happy birthday to J. Mac Daddy himself, John McCarthy. 31 years of age and an elder statesman on this team. The exception, obviously, of Carlos and, and Giorgio. Forget how old Hollingshead is. Don't forget Eldon. Oh, don't forget Eldon. I love Eldon. I, I I do. As we were hustling to get to the LAFC press conference in which we had really no time and we scoured the bowels of the Rose Bowl, I'm running down with you and then coming back and I see somebody stop me and it's Eldon. And he gave, he gave knuckles and he wanted to give pound uh, and say hello. I, I've got nothing but love and respect for Eldon. Eldon, I know for a fact, and I don't say that sarcastically as we always do, you know, thank you for listening to our pod. I, I know you do. We talked before and I, I really appreciate you, man. And thank you for stopping by and saying hello. Nothing but love. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, normally we have a news and notes segment, but when we have games every two or three days, sometimes there aren't just that many news and notes. Uh, Philly, one news and note item and I know it's not on the rundown. It is now Wednesday, July 5th at 1.38 in the morning. And that means just one thing, Philly. That means the transfer window is now open. So, pixie dust. We need some freaking luck, some reinforcements, and some personnel changes. I hope we get a number nine. I hope we get more uh, beefed up defensively. I hope we can change things around because right now things kind of suck. Yeah. July 5th is when the transfer window opens. So if you're any team, with the exception of maybe, I don't know, the Galaxy, who can't make any moves in this window unless someone's a free agent, I, I think, uh, Philly, it's safe to say you and I are comfortable in saying on the podcast that we expect some Jose Cifuentes news in the next day or two. 
whether it's Rangers or somebody else, uh, looks like Jose Cifuentes is on his way out. It, I wouldn't put it past, obviously, John Thorrington or anybody else in the front office if they've got some incredible moves that they have been making and in the works for. I mean, look, nobody saw Gareth Bale coming. Christian Teo was definitely a luxury buy as well. Uh, obviously, getting guys like Giorgio Chiellini. I mean, these are these are the kind of things that this club does. And so uh, I would say we can start holding our breath because it won't take us that long, Philly, to have some sort of news and note about maybe we'll get a, a, a tweet in the next couple of days about an international mail package coming from somewhere or even a domestic mail package coming from somewhere. Well, we're, I mean, the window's open. Uh, we've been in the window for a couple of hours now because they base it on Eastern Standard Time. So around 9 p.m. California time is when that window opened. And I, I hope to God something happens, something changes, somebody goes, somebody better comes along because the way we're playing and the way this team is built, I get it. We played 30 games and after the break, July 15th after Minnesota United, which the League's Cup goes on and we get to be hiatus because we're the MLS champions. Something needs to change because the way we're going right now, fatigue or no fatigue, this isn't a good looking team right now. And it's not because of their efforts. It's not because of anything. There's no voodoo witch doctor that has put a hex on Denny Buanga or or anybody else. We We just need fresh ideas, fresh things. We just need just freshness all around, freshness. Here, there, everywhere. I hear you. I've been in the same T-shirt for most of the day today. I could use a little bit of freshness myself. I could smell the grass of the Rose Bowl (laughs) on my clothes. (laughs) All right, let's get in our Angel City Minute real quick. ACFC continued their unbeaten run under Becky Tweed, albeit with a nil-nil draw against Gotham FC. That's, of course, their fourth nil-nil scoreline of the season. Mm. ACFC now has three wins, six losses, and five draws on the year. Their 14 points have them just six back of a playoff spot. Their next match is Sunday, July 9th, against the top team in the NWSL standings, the North Carolina Courage, and their assistant coach, Lee Wynn. You all right there, bud? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're not watching it, you just missed on a good, pretty, pretty good yawn. Uh, LAFC 2 also earned a point in their last match, which was a 2-2 regulation draw to North Texas SC, an incredible comeback draw with uh, a, a Christopher Jaime scoring a goal in the 90th minute to bring us oh, to PKs. Boy. So all draws in MLS Next Pro go to PKs. Unfortunately, LAFC 2, they haven't won any of those draws, I don't believe, this season. Uh, they unfortunately fell 8-7 as MLS Next Pro All-Star Adrian Wibowo had his shot saved by the North Texas SC keeper. LAFC 2 now has 8 points through their 14 matches. And that is all the talking we are going to do before we get into the match. Philly, back in their original home, and they had all the nostalgia and all the feels going on, uh, especially Philly... They brought out their original mascot, that like rocket looking, drill looking thing. I don't know. I, I'll while you talk about whatever it is you want to talk about, I'm I'm gonna look it up and see if I can find the name of the dumb thing. But the, <laughs> there there was a mascot before Cosmo, and it's I never thought I'd say this, way worse than Cosmo. <laughs> From one dumb thing to another dumb thing. The the cosmonauts. To, to, to Cosmo, 
Yeah, neither mascot, great. I like where they were going, though, with the astronaut. Obviously, uh, well, it was an astronaut, a funky-colored astronaut. And then we have Cosmo. I really can't tell which one's worse at the end of the day. They they, they both kind of suck. At least Cosmo's kind of funny. He likes to uh, talk trash to us every time we see him. So there's that. But you said it. The Galaxy called the Rose Bowl home from 96 to 2002. With today's match, they played 108 all-time regular season and playoff games in the Rose Bowl. And this was a big homecoming for head coach Greg Vanny, having played in the Rose Bowl, and along with a lot of other Galaxy greats. There are plenty of people on hand from world football to local football to obviously Galaxy alumni. I mean, it was... It was a star-studded affair. Major League Soccer had been waiting for this one for, for quite some time. Originally scheduled for February 25th, if you recall, the re- weather was lousy. The Rose Bowl was c- c- I can't speak. The Rose Bowl was collecting puddles. Yeah. N- no proper drainage, and at that point Galaxy supporters were boycotting. Having had that match February 25th under the we- uh, under the weather conditions that were there, it would have looked awful. The optics would have been bad on multiple fronts. That stadium would not have been filled, number one. Galaxy would have not had anybody in the stands, number two. The very least, yeah, the result was... Sh- I was about to use a bad word. The result was crap. Mierda, scheisse, kakats. I said it in three languages. It's up to you to tell me which ones those were. But the atmosphere was fine. Obviously, it's everything that Major League Soccer had wanted and hoped for. 82,110 in attendance and a record that'll probably stick around for a shot of espresso because the moment Lionel Messi starts playing in arenas that can accommodate that, if not more, this record goes out the window like this. Bada bing, bada boom, this record out the room. Cosmo, and I quote from Wikipedia, replaced the Galaxy's original mascot, Twizzle. Twizzle. Like Twizzle, 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 who also looked like it was from outer space, but was more humanoid in form, wearing a spaceman's helmet and cape. Uh, excuse me, whoever wrote your Wikipedia, it's space person now, it's 2023. And Twizzle, Twizzle was in attendance <laughs> as part of the 82,110. Twizzle. That's all I got. No great idea was ever created off of a sober mindset scarf. And honestly, those were not great ideas. You, but but you had to have been inebriated and out of your mind. Yeah, come up with Twizzle. Twizzle. Yeah, look, you mentioned eighty-two thousand one hundred ten. The previous record lasted about fifteen months. It was, of course, Bank of America Stadium. Uh, what was that? Charlotte FC's maiden voyage. And that one happened to be against the Galaxy as well. Uh, that was 74,000 and change. Also, by the way, 74,479 to be precise, Scarf. Yeah, done on my mom's birthday, March 5th, 2022. So that was kind of neat. Look, Carson came in riding a four match unbeaten streak, which is a fun way for them to say they tied their last four matches. Uh, this was a club that. You know, if you ask some of the insiders with the way that Douglas Costa had been playing and obviously Ricky Pooch and something they're not going to say out loud, but we know to be true, especially with the way we've seen them play recently, they're a better team without Chicharito. They're a better team without Chicharito because now they get to play guys like, I don't know, Tyler Boyd 
at their proper position, and he's certainly been a revelation for them, especially against LAFC. This was a club, though, that would be missing a large chunk of their roster. We already talked about Chicharito. Martin Caceres, Eric Zavaleta, and Memo Rodriguez would all be hurt for this one. Jalen Neal out with the U.S. men's national team on international duty. And, uh, I mean, I guess it counts because we've played him a bunch of times. They just waived Sega Koulibaly, uh, who apparently wasn't close to getting back from injury but also had caused some sort of a riff with the club. So, look, this is the same damn story now two weeks in a row, where or two games in a row, I should say, where we catch a team at the perfect time. No Jesus Ferreira and a bunch of other people. No Chicharito and a bunch of other people. And yet still, LAFC, now with more questions than answers after a second straight subpar performance against a team that, if you look at them on paper, I'm sorry, I don't care how many games we've played, you've mentioned this was our 30th match, 30th of 2023 already, and we're only on July 5th. This was a team that we should have beaten. We'll get into the lineups and everything in a little bit, Philly, but uh, I think the other storyline, and we'll talk about it as he comes into the match later on, is, of course, is this the the final match in black and gold for Jose Cifuentes? We'll find out momentarily. But you, but you did say it. Uh, the, the story continues to repeat itself. History continues to repeat itself. We end up losing to a team we honestly had no business losing to, a team that didn't even field their toughest players. Now, granted, some of our players weren't there either. Aaron Long was on U.S. duty. <laughs> There's that word again, duty. Yep. Uh, Jesus David Murillo. He's out, lower extremity. Uh, Chiqui Palacios, not able to play due to yellow card accumulation. Obviously, we have Palencia, who's who's hurt. Maxime Cripeau, obviously hurt. I mean, we've known about that for a while. And it all falls on the shoulders of Denny Buanga to once again do things. And we've said it time and time again. If Denny doesn't score, this team doesn't score. It's 17 shots. Eight of them were his. Five of them were on target. We had four other LAFC players that I know of for a fact that had one a, one a pop. It, it has been it has been the same storyline. And while the Galaxy have been unbeaten in their last several games, I mean, let's look at it. I mean, their last game they played July first against San Jose, they blew the lead. Uh, you go back to June twenty fourth against Colorado, they couldn't score against the worst team in the league. Uh, they blew it again with Sporting Kansas City. They narrowly escape a game against St. Louis, and then they lose, and rightfully so, to Real Salt Lake. So even though we went up, no, even though they went up, still didn't think that this was going to be a team that beat us because they typically, they can't finish. They can't close out games. But they end up giving LAFC their best always. And on the 20th matchup, they certainly shut shut us up and humbled us, and we should start getting into the uh, lineups, unless you have anything else. No, definitely ready to roll. Let's go with Greg Vanny's 4-3-3-4. Carson starting the game in goal would be Jonathan Bond. Did not finish the game in goal. His back line of Lucas Caligari, Chris Mavinga, Kelvin Leardom, and everyone's favorite, Raheem Edwards. Midfield captain Gaston Brugman, Ricky Pooch, and Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch, Delgado. And on the front line, Tyler Boyd, Douglas Costa, and coming into the match with a team-leading three goals would be Preston, 
Ashley Judd in the 18, Jonathan Klinsman, Daniel Aguirre, Dayon Jovalich, and Julian Aude would be the ones you will want to know as the match goes on. And of course, again, also in attendance, Twizzle. Twizzle. That's just not going to get old for a little bit. I'm sorry. It's, it's making me feel better. Twizzle. All right. Philly, black and gold. <laughs> Uh, the birthday boy starting in between the pipes today. Happy 31st birthday to John McCarthy. Outside, we have Ryan Hollingshead. Center backs, we got Daniil Maldonado and Giorgio Chiellini. And a certainly a wait. What, what? moment? Eric Duenas starting on the other outside back. More on that later. In the midfield, we welcome back Kellen Acosta to the starting lineup. Ilya Sanchez, who had himself a pretty decent game, and Timothy Tillman. And up top, Mahala, Carlos Vela, Denis Bowanga. Our subs consisting of our backup keeper, Eldon. Big shout out, Eldon. Big fan of you. He's a really tall guy, by the way. I have to say, yeah. say that. Stipe Buke, uh, Mati Bogush, Jose Cifuentes, Nathan Ordaz, all players that would make an appearance in this game, along with Daniel Crisostomo, Diego Rosales, and Julian Gaines, that is your LAFC lineup. A fine lineup, if you ask me, but Eric Duenas is a defender. Yikes. And we'll talk more about that in a minute. Yeah. I'm, uh... Oh, wait a minute, Scarf. One thing we should talk about before the game happens. Yes. How's about that unbelievable TIFO <laughs> that Carson led out there? Which piece? <laughs> Which piece? Uh, there's still a piece being passed around somewhere over there at uh, at the Rose Bowl. Look, man, it's I get it, right? The club can't make any moves because there's some financial restrictions and everything else. So they had to reuse maybe some old TIFO pieces or kind of color in with the crayons or whatever it is, however they made it. But that was kind of sad, man, when they ripped the TIFO and – it, look, maybe it's it's hard, right? Because until five, five and a half, six years ago, they really didn't have to try all that hard. They had nobody pushing them in the stands. They had nobody pushing them on the pitch. They had nobody pushing them out in the community. They just kind of sat back on their laurels. So it's no surprise that they're not 100% sure still how to execute this whole TIFO thing. It, does, it doesn't surprise me. <laughs> all the inhabitants of Victoria's block needing to upgrade their tax services away from H&R block certainly created, look, the TIFO itself, it had its potential. It, it could have easily stood a test with a bunch of junior high kids. No doubt about that. But artwork aside, if you go to the video that we posted, you can see the sucker tear along as they, they raise it. And you said it, the best part is that upper right corner of it continuing to float away. I mean, at what point did the people underneath that part of the TIFO realize, oh, guys, gals, we're no longer attached to the actual main piece. It kept floating and floating and floating, and it was it was quite comical. So for all of the eyes that bared witness to this, bravissimo, well done on your TIFO. That's about <laughs> the only L the Galaxy took today. Yeah, that's uh, unfortunately you're right, my friend. Well, that and I don't know if you heard, I might have mentioned this before, but Twizzle was there too. That's uh, it's another L that they took. <laughs> Second minute of the match is all it took for Denny Bawanga to make his presence felt at, at least a little. We would have liked to have seen a little bit more from Denny today, but uh, a dangerous ball in the box. The shot saved by Bond. 
And I thought, okay, all right, we're, we're doing okay. And then Philly, look, we talk about our keys to the match coming into this. And one of my keys to the match was to close down space to make sure you don't give everybody a lot of space. We saw that for the second goal uh, by uh, FC Dallas when we let Kamongo walk into the box, fire a shot because somebody didn't close down. Third minute, Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch with a shot just high, way too much space given to Mark Delgado as he waltzed right to the corner of the box on that shot. And I, I was, look, we were in the, we're in the press box, so I couldn't scream. I couldn't yell, but I turned to you and I said, that's what I mean by close down the space. That's not okay. A nice run by Ricky Pooch. And as much as he annoys me, he's that pesky little gnat. Uh, the guy's fast and he cleared that space, getting it over to Marky Delgado. And we got lucky that he sailed it over the crossbar uh, and just missed the mark. It didn't take long for them to respond to Denny Buanga, who, by the way, that ball that he had, it was such a brilliant pass by Elie Sanchez. It would have been a great thing. But you make the comment about you wish that he could have done more. I hear you. But, I mean, when you got five shots on target and eight shots on the day, I mean, the only thing you got to do is obviously hit the back of the net. In some cases, maybe he is witch in hexed. Call the witch doctor, if you will. It's unfortunate, but we we got lucky, and they got lucky as well uh, in these opening 120 seconds, 180 seconds, I should say. Sorry. Yeah, math is hard this early in the morning. Uh, Look, uh, eighth minute, a big save by J-Mac. He kind of reached out with his left hand to poke the ball away just in time as the uh, first touch got away from the Galaxy. I... I really was a little frustrated with how we're allowing so much space in and around the box this early on. And uh, I have to say, when we had our wait what moment, Philly, when you mentioned Eric Duenas starting at outside back, in the 12th minute, you saw the reason why you and I were a little worried about Eric Duenas starting at outside back. Look, it's no, it's no secret that Eric Duenas is not a large man. First of all, he is, what, 18, 19 years old? He's a young kid, number one. Uh, number two, I, I don't think he eats the same diet of cheeseburgers and other things that I eat, so I know he's not packing on the pounds uh, from time to time. And so when Douglas Costa saw him standing across from him, as he did several times in this match, he absolutely just sends him flying. That was, I'll be honest, it was a little reminiscent of what Zlatan did to Latif at one point, right in the middle of the park. Uh, last uh, last time Zlatan was in Major League Soccer. And you and I looked at each other and said right then and there, this might become a liability with Eric Duenas and Douglas Costa going back and forth with each other, Philly. And I think 12 minutes in, we saw exactly why. Yeah, it certainly rattled him, and we saw that within the remainder of the half. Yeah. A couple minutes later, Denny had some incredible moves, but nothing transpires there. But I got to highlight, I think it was Ryan Hollingshead with that front flip, trying yep. to catch the ball before it, it came out of the sideline. That was kind of dangerous and scary. God forbid anything would have twisted, sprained, or or, or, or or gotten tangled in that respect. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what the point of the front flip was. It looked kind of cool, though. It looked cool. It did, but nothing transpired. 16th minute. Got a great ball into the box by Carlos Vela. It was a hell of a pass. Then he gets it wide open, getting clear of Caligari, which he would do time and time again, and he smashes it. Problem is, 
it was right to Bond. And Bond had a great, uh, here I am, like, great reaction to that, an impeccable save. But Carlos made a hell of a pass, man. Obviously, if Denise smashes that in, we're talking about a world-class play coming from our two leaders and our two leading scorers. Uh, great ball into the box. Denise just couldn't get it at an angle that would have gotten Bond off track. But that was a really good opportunity and a great, and a great ball by our captain. Yeah, Philly, my other key to the match going into this was that we needed to have more progressive passing. We needed to get forward with the ball. And you you and I had mentioned Giorgio Chiellini and Carlos Vela have been the two best progressive passers we've had on the pitch for us in quite a while. Monty Bogush, by the way, has been damn good too. But when you don't start him, I can't talk about him until you know later on in the match. So uh, I really liked Carlos Vela kind of taking the lid off a little bit and getting that ball uh, behind that back line, a perfectly weighted and timed pass by one Carlos Vela to Denny Bowanga. Uh, Carlos also crossing it into the box in the 18th minute, but Ryan Hollingshead's header taken pretty easily by Jonathan Bond. And Philly, we've gotten into the habit recently of within the first 20 minutes of a match, picking up kind of a, a silly yellow card in a situation where we don't need it. Uh, this game, your silly yellow card, was brought to you by Timothy Tillman, who committed a sliding foul from behind to earn the yellow card inside of 20 minutes. So nothing like one of your most important players on the pitch getting a yellow and having to play 70 minutes or so on that yellow. Oh, and by the way, it's the same position that's going to go toe-to-toe with Ricky Pooch, the most dynamic player on the pitch for the next 70 minutes. Yummy. Yeah, and speaking of which, 21st minute, Costa, who helped pick up that yellow card on Tillman, gets the ball in over to Ricky Pooch, and he has a shot, but it's an easy save made by John McCarthy. And then a couple minutes later, we had yet another great defensive play made by Giorgio to ward off a Galaxy attack. He had one prior to that shot by Ricky Pooch, but then we say that name yet again, 26 minutes, 26 minutes. Sorry, I hear hear screaming at Grito. Come here, buddy. He's just staring at me. It's so funny hearing him scream for no reasons. Anyway, Ricky Pooch easily getting by Kellen Acosta. He feeds it on over to the New Zealand American himself, Tyler Bond. And Duenas was whipped around in this 360 circular fashion. And as Taylor Twelman said it on the air, Duenas puts no pressure whatsoever on Tyler Bond. And he has a hell, and he's a religious man. I don't think he would appreciate this because he did say he gives all praise to his Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He did have a hell of a shot, though, that John McCarthy, there was no way he's getting to. Um, By the way, narrowly missed Daniil Maldonado's dome, but a goal of the week candidate, Galaxy doing exactly what we don't need them to do in the environment that they did it in, scores the first goal of the game by absolutely embarrassing us. Uh, Ricky Pooch, great player, and Tyler Bond, I don't I don't know what it is about him and scoring against LAFC, other than the fact that he says he loves to rise on the occasion for the big games, and man, what a heck of a goal by the you, New Zealander. You probably should start calling him Tyler Boyd. At some part, at some point, but that's calling okay. Tyler Bond several times. Oh yeah. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. There's an indoor soccer player whose name is is that. Yes, Tyler Boyd. My mistake again. It's it's <laughs> two in the morning. I apologize to any Galaxy supporters out there that I might have offended. If you're a Galaxy supporter, <laughs> Wait, I offended no, you. you. I don't know. Good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yes, Taylor. Ah, Tyler Boyd. Jesus. 
Taylor Tomlin. Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd, Tyler Boyd. I don't want to actually say that name repeatedly against LAFC. Well, we're going to have to talk about him a little bit later on. And, and Philly, you had the, you and I had the unique opportunity of comparing and looking at each other's notes as we were taking them, as we sat right next to each other in the press box. And I showed you the note I wrote in the 25th minute, which was one minute before the goal. And it says, Eric Duenas looks a little jittery. Since that cost of play, he hasn't looked as confident as he normally does. And just after I finish typing that sentence is when he does not close out at all on Tyler Boyd. And the frustrating part is, Philly, Tyler Boyd did this to us already this season. Now, granted, it was in the LAFC 2 match, but no one closed out on Tyler Boyd. He had a banger from distance. This guy hits bangers from distance. I don't care that he only had two goals on the match coming into this, uh, two goals on the season, excuse me, coming into this match in Major League Soccer. We know he had another one against us in the Open Cup, so it's a guy who we know can score. In the 28th, we almost responded right away, Denis, with a beautiful cross that slid all the way across the mouth of the goal, just missing Mahala Opoku. That would have been a nice one. I thought in the 32nd minute, the, the note I wrote was Tillman not sharp so far. I just felt like he needed to settle down a little bit. We weren't really connecting on a ton of different passes through Timothy Tillman. Um, but I absolutely loved Philly, this give and go in the 33rd minute. Carlos Vela to Kellen Acosta, and his shot was blocked out for a corner. And then, Philly, I'm going to use your line to describe the yellow card that Raheem Edwards picked up in his little, uh, we'll say, encounter with one Carlos Vela, Philly said, looked at me, said, and I quote, geez, Raheem, at least buy him dinner first. Uh, because that was quite the tackle from behind by Raheem Edwards on Carlos Vela. And I just I just wanted to share with the millions. <laughs> and millions. Your, your lines. I, I liked it. Buy him dinner first. Why not? Well, that Raheem Edwards, I tell you, 36 minute. I mean, he, he gets into the box by absolutely passing by Tillman, Denny, and Ilya. And then as he gets by the three of them, he absolutely puts the moves on Daniil Maldonado, shakes and absolutely bakes him. I mean, like Ginsu knife with precision. And had it not been yet again, I think this was his third defensive stop in the box. Yeah, Daddy had, came it not, had it not been for Chiellini to step up again, uh, that could have led to a Raheem Edwards goal. And I don't think there's anything more that could have happened that would have made me sicker to my stomach than to see Raheem Edwards, of all stinking people, embarrass us in that way. Thank you, Giorgio Chiellini. Uh, we would have never heard the end of that if flipping Raheem Edwards scored that goal in the manner that he did. That was the best, best aggressive movement and technicality that I've ever seen out of that guy. We've been watching him for years at this point. It, I, I wrote down Raheem Edwards just had his greatest moment in the history of his career. It, it really, it looked an awful lot like that, that one messy goal, right? Where he dribbles through like five or six people on his way to the box and then puts up a banger into the corner, except he, he couldn't put a banger up in the corner. But that's Raheem Edwards. I look, you guys know, I like to say zero positive things about Raheem Edwards. He's a snake. He left, whatever. But that might have been the greatest moment in the history of his career. So there you go. Uh, 
The 41st minute brings us an attempt well wide by Preston Judd, my player to watch in the match, who was really a non-factor in the match. After a nice series of passes by the Galaxy, they were looking far more of the dangerous side through the 41st minute. I just... If not for Denny Bawanga in the 43rd minute, Philly, if not for Denny Bawanga, we are likely down two goals. Denny Bawanga, it's like those those pictures where you see like a kickoff return where a guy's like running down the sidelines and you think, oh man, no one's around him. He's gonna he's gonna waltz in for an easy touchdown. And then that player just streaks across from the opposite side of the pitch. Or excuse me, it's a football game I'm talking about. So that would be a field. Streaks across from the opposite side of the field and tackles him seemingly out of nowhere. Ricky Pooch absolutely shook and booked. Uh, that's the past tense of shaked and baked, right? Uh, Ricky uh, Ricky Pooch absolutely shakes Eric Duaneus, and there was nobody, nobody in the picture. Eric Duaneus even tried to reach out and grab him, I think, at one point, and just beep, beep, zoom. Ricky Pooch was gone. And then out of nowhere, Danny Bowanga racing back to help slow down the attack. Uh, the pass does go to Preston Judd, but luckily his shot goes right at J-Mac. It, we know we haven't gotten the production from Denny Bowanga over the last series of matches that we would have liked, but that might not show up on a stat sheet. But when you're watching this match, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Denny Bowanga, at least defensively, had a massive impact on this match in the first half. The blazing speed of Ricky Pooch, if you didn't know who he was prior to that, you certainly saw it because, I mean, he absolutely, I mean, he rode runners past Eric Duenas's coyote. It was just insane how quickly he went through. And you said it, Denny races back and, and, and does that thing. If not, obviously, then Judd has enough space to take it right to J-Mac. By you, the way you described that play, it, it reminded me of that Super Bowl between the Cowboys and the Buffalo Bills, <laughs> oh, in which Leon Lett almost had himself a Don touchdown. Why, why, what's that? Don Beebe. That's who that's right. Wasn't he either like a backup quarterback or something? No, BB BB was a wide receiver for them for quite a while. But oh, uh, I always I always thought it was the backup. I, I forget, but either way, like Leon led nearly scoring a touchdown and great defensive play by whoever, whatever Buffalo Bill that was. Sort of what it reminded me of when you were describing that play. But we 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 certainly got lucky. I mean, Jesus, that speed of Ricky Pooch, crazy. Forty third minute, Ryan Hollingshead tries to get it to Mahala, but he missed yet. Again, and thankfully he did. Thankfully he was called offside because there was a number of times that we tried to connect with Mahala in the box by way of multiple people and just missed. We get a minute worth of stoppage and nothing happens whatsoever. Nothing to really describe there. And going into the locker room, the Galaxy looked like the better team within the first 45 minutes. But crazy enough, despite being up only one goal, LAFC still had the same amount of shots on target that the Galaxy did. Three, with less shots taken altogether, five. Galaxy had the vast majority of um, of possession. I don't want to say vast majority. 56 to 44 isn't a great deal. Better passing, uh, same chances created. We had more set-piece opportunities. We led in fouls and offside, uh, both tied with yellow cards at one a pop. But it was certainly the Galaxy's first half, and... We were hoping that we would get some second-half substitutions to change things around. Maybe Eric Duenas not playing back would have been one, but 
to start the second half, we did get some changes, but not the changes that we had anticipated. Yeah, look, this tells you about the health of one Kellen Acosta, I think, right? He's he's still coming back from whatever lower extremity injury he's got. And so Jose Cifuentes, Jose Cifuentes, literally playing in a match now while the transfer window is open. Jose Cifuentes coming on for Kellen Acosta. Duenas still at right back. That was the only change made by LAFC at the half. And a surprising one, it wound up being a, I think it was a quad injury is what I wound Hamstring up Hamstring is what Greg Vanny said in the press conference. Oh, interesting. Okay, so Greg Vanny didn't know exactly the play that it occurred on, but he complained about something. They got it checked out, and he said, yeah, something's up with the hammy. And so we have Bond going out for Klinsman. Yeah, Jurgen Klinsman's kid headed. Uh, Speaking Jonathan- of hamstring, mine's tightening up as we speak. Oh. What? Okay. I have no idea how that could have happened with the amount of water I consumed today. Yeesh. Sorry. I'm sorry. If you have never watched one of our podcasts on YouTube, we're at the 45 minute and 22 second mark. Please, for the love of God, go on to YouTube and watch this little moment. 45, 20 or so. <laughs> I almost lost my podcast partner to a hamstring injury while he was seated. Seated. Oh man! How the does that even happen? I I watched it happen. It was pretty interesting. Forty eighth minute it was more of a probing shot, but Eric Duenas to Denis Bawanga it was an easy save. I didn't like that only because it gives Jonathan Klinsman kind of an easy get yourself situated in the match kind of a save. And I don't ever want to get a goaltender acclimated to the match quicker than we need to. In the 52nd minute, look, pro refereeing wasn't that bad in this match. In fact, I think I only had the one complaint about our pro referee in this one, and that would be here in the 52nd minute as Carlos Vela's shot very clearly deflected out for a corner. Uh, But he calls it a goal kick. And I'll tell you this, we've been relatively potent, Philly, on our set pieces as of late. We've been putting the ball into the box in the right situations. We've been scoring on a couple of these situations. Uh, Eric Duaney is having a much better second half to start as he drew a yellow card on Douglas Costa with uh, a foul that he committed on Duaneus. The free kick was from the right side of the box. And again, it's Carlos Vela showing how deadly he is, forcing a punch, forcing a punch out, excuse me, uh, by Jonathan Klinsman. And the reason why I'm upset that that ball isn't called a corner in the 52nd minute Philly is because of what happens in the 58th. Absolutely. Like you said, we're getting a bit better on capitalizing on our set pieces. This time it wasn't by way of Carlos Vela, who Carlos Vela distributing the ball had a pretty darn good game. Didn't really get any cracks at it. I mean, he did one. We'll talk about that later. But he was very potent in getting the ball in the box and putting players in a position to do things. He created four chances. I mean, he did. Uh, And I'll talk more about my opinion on Carlos Vela later on. But off of the corner kick by Timothy Tillman. It just hits narrowly the head of Ilya Sanchez. And boy, are we thrilled in the Rose Bowl. I got to give a shout out to my dad, by the way. I know my dad is a big fan of our show, George Philemon. He told me earlier on Ilya Sanchez would score today. And I very reluctantly believe in my father's predictions, although many a times he's right. Anytime he watches the Islanders play, 
He always predicts uh, the, the, the way they're going to lose. You were there that one time. It was quite uncanny. But big shout out to my dad. He predicted Ilya would score, and that was Ilya's first goal of the season off of that corner by Timothy Tillman, one-to-one. And I was afraid, Scarf, that we were going to get kicked out of the press box because you stood up, fist down, and I could hear, I could feel you wanting to scream. Yeah! I had to pull you down a little bit. I'm glad I didn't have to pull you down a little bit, but it was certainly a no-no in the press box. You almost let out a big, wild, yeah, I didn't. I definitely forgot where I was for about a third of a second there, stood right up, and then sat right back down. Uh, looked around, by the way, and realized, okay, other people were, they weren't cheering for LAFC. They were just watching the game along with us. I would have certainly been cheering for LAFC in that moment, but I sat right back down. Uh, that was that was definitely a close call, and we saw the first bit of chess maneuvery, uh, starting with Greg Vanny in the 59th minute substitutions for Carson, Dayan Jovalich, and Julian Aude coming into the match for Preston Judd and Raheem Edwards. My pick to click for the match, Preston Judd, pretty much a non-factor in every single way here in this match. So not great, and it's always fun to watch uh, not Raheem play. So there you go. Uh, 62nd minute, Ricky Pooch tried to do what he did against LAFC2 and almost pulled it off. But luckily, had a little bit of help there inside the box. The ball cleared away nicely. And I wasn't quite sure what Mahala was trying to do with the ball on the counter there. Uh, killed a really good chance by holding the ball a little bit too long. And then Sifu tries to do a little bit too much with the ball and puts it up and over and out of bounds. Uh, Sifu, I love you, buddy. But some pretty uninspired play for most of the match here in what you had to have known was going to be your last match. And finally, Philly, in the 66th minute, Caligari joining the Carson Diving Club over there on the sidelines, as Ryan Hollingshead arguing with the referee correctly that uh, Caligari dove in the box. Uh, And Philly, some nervous time in the giggity minute in the 69th minute. Ricky Pooch, thankfully, choosing the wrong lane on the run as, uh, I mean, look, he had a couple of different options, and, and we're just glad that Ricky Pooch chose the the wrong lane. And then uh, Daniil Maldonado picking up a sweet yellow card in the 70th minute with a foul right in the middle of the pitch because he couldn't stay in front of Ricky Pooch. Ricky Pooch, as you've said before, was a problem. Kid causes chaos, man. He's really stinking good. I, I hate to say one of the best midfielders. Uh, definitely, one, the, definitely the best player on the pitch today. Arguably one of the best midfielders, if not players, period, within Major League Soccer. I mean, we could joke about how he's a Barcelona B reject. The kid's pretty darn good in Major League Soccer when he wants to be. And I hate to admit it, but, I mean, it it is what it is. Uh, 71st minute, we get some more LAFC subs in. We get Stipe in for Mahala. And I'm thinking to myself, it's time to step up, young man. And at some point, Mati Bogush came into the game as well uh, for Ilya Sanchez, although I didn't get the minute on that. 73rd minute, Galaxy with a great counter. Douglas Costa gets it on over to Tyler Boyd, and uh, ball finds its way over to Ricky Pooch. And here we go. It's no coincidence that Payaso Pooch scores a, a great counter. And we, we, we got beat bad on that play. You got Boyd catching a great pass from Douglas Costa, who was my player to watch. And Timothy Tillman and Eric Duenas tried to do what they could, but 
Ricky Pooch just so stinking fast. And he stretches out his leg, those tiny little chicken legs of his, and he scores a beauty. He didn't take off his kit, though, like he did in the game against the kids, like he did last time. And it's not because he didn't want to. He certainly wanted to scarf, but he did know in the back of his mind, had he done that, he would have gotten himself billed with a yellow card. And had he gotten another yellow card scarf, he would have been sitting out the next match. So maturity kicked in for the young man. And, uh, you know, if you don't believe me in regards to that, he said so himself in the press conference that we begrudgingly attended after the game. Ricky Pooch assisted Tyler Boyd on the first goal. Tyler Boyd returns the favor. And now we're down again, two to one. But at this point, Scarf, I still had faith because the Galaxy have not been good at closing out games. They snatch ties from the jaws of victory, but it wouldn't happen in this game. Yeah, I have to say, from our vantage point up in the press box, that play was actually coming towards us. Uh, The goal that the press box is seated in front of is that goal where Galaxy was shooting on the second half. And as soon as that first pass was made on the outside. I think it was what Douglas Costa, Douglas right? Costa. What himself again, man. Yeah. Costa to Tyler Boyd. As soon as that pass was made about three of us, including myself. And I, I want to say it was Justin Ruderman down there in the front. Uh, we both said, Oh my God, they've got pooch because pooch was making that run right through the middle. And all due respect. I, I didn't see Philly, the defender. That was on Ricky Pooch at the time. It's Duenas. Uh, he absolutely but, smoked Duenas again. Oh, poor kid. Absolutely smoked Duenas again. I, I didn't I didn't say that to to bring up Eric Duenas again and to bury him, but I don't want to know. bury him. We're not burying him. It's it is what it is. It, Look, it's just what happened. Ricky not, Pooch not is many way faster players. than Duenas. It's not an insult, it's a fact. Yeah. Not many players were gonna stay with Ricky Pooch in that moment. A perfect pass from Tyler Boyd. An absolutely perfect pass from Tyler Boyd on the foot, and it was a tap in. It was it was a goal that you would see Chicharito in his prime score. Right, it's one of those poacher goals, one of those little tap in goals. Perfect pass, and we saw the play develop beautifully. I mean, it was it was a beautiful play. I hate saying it, the play absolutely sucked for my club, but it was a beautiful play, and it's something that we haven't seen LAFC do in the last eight to ten matches. <laughs> it's been. It's been a while since we've seen something that nice. Uh, another chess piece, though, that Steve Trundolo looking to play, and, and maybe he waited too long. I don't know. But the 75th minute, about 15 minutes to go, Mati Bogush coming on for Ilya. And, you know, I just felt like, okay, this might be it. Maybe Mati is the the little bit of energy, the ball moving forward, the the overlapping run, whatever it might be. Steve Trundolo has seen something and he says, okay, this is how Monty can affect the game. Let's get him in there. Uh, unfortunately, not a ton would happen. I mean, even shoot Philly, the next six, seven minutes were actually pretty boring soccer. If we're being perfectly honest, um, a, a beautiful play by Carson. Once again, as uh, Dayan Jovalich makes a beautiful switch uh, over to Tyler Boyd, and J-Mac has to make a diving save. And a, and a great save it was. That was really the best chance in quite a while for either team. And, and it goes back to Carson. And at this point, yeah, 82nd minute. But two, and two minutes later, 
What we thought was the equalizer. What yeah. could have been my two to two prediction yeah. gets called offside. Now I got to give credit to where credit's due. Ryan Holling said we didn't have the greatest of games. Had a great defensive strip off of Caligari. Caligari did not play well, and and, and the dude is so lucky because Denny should have dunked all over him all day today. Denny could have had a hat trick with the way he had Caligari on him. He made Caligari look foolish and non-existent. The dude was on the back of a milk card, went missing defensively, although Denny didn't do anything with that. Yeah, he 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 looks up. Uh, so we got the ball from Hollingshead on over to Cifuentes. Cifuentes passes it up to Carlos Vela. He gets called offside. He was offside. There was one angle in which I saw the replay that looked like he wasn't, but he very much was. And despite him being offside, though, he put in some nice work getting Klinsman on his rear end. He had the patience and the poise to find the back of the net, get it in between the pipes. And I got to say, most MLS players would have never gotten that far. They might have been a little bit too froggy and jumped too early and gotten that ball saved. And as far as Carlos Vela is concerned, I don't really understand the hatred that I've been seeing on about him on social media. Of course, it's, he's not 2019 Carlos Vela. He wasn't 2019 Carlos Vela in 2022. He hasn't been that Carlos Vela in four years. This is not a surprise. But if he stays on side and gets the equalizer, and if Denis scores that goal in the first half that got saved by Bond, now we're having a completely different conversation. Now we're talking about him being man of the match with an assist and with a goal, which would have been his 13th goal against the Galaxy. Yet, we see people poop on him online time and time again. And I'm all for people having an opinion, but sheesh, like, what game did you see? Carlos Vela had a lot of great opportunities and a lot of great passes. He's not that lethal scorer anymore. We've determined this. We've witnessed this. We know this. Yet, he's still the team's second leading scorer at the end. But he didn't play as bad of a game as people say. People, I've, I've seen it on social media. Carlos Vela non-existent, not a factor in today's game. He created four chances for Christ's sakes. Nearly had the go-ahead, nearly had the equalizer, and nearly had the uh, the opening assist to, to, to Denny Buanga. It just didn't capitalize. It didn't convert. And at the end of the day, yes, I get it. It's the results that count. But it's not like he was non-existent. If you think he was non-existent, your brain and your eyes were non-existent because you didn't watch the game. He was very much a factor. We just didn't capitalize, which has been our freaking problem. We cannot finish in the final third, and that's been the story for the time and time again in the season. Yeah, you're Sorry. not wrong. I mean, shoot, just two minutes later, Denny Buanga bangs one into the side netting as Giorgio earned us a free kick. And, and look, people got excited again. They didn't realize it went into the side netting. They wanted it to go into the back of the netting. Again, frustrating because we do everything we need to up until the final 18, and we just can't put it in the back of the net. Uh, Aguirre on for Tyler Boyd in the 89th minute, and Philly, 90th minute, that was the chance. 90th minute, right before stoppage time or right during stoppage time, Timothy Tillman puts the ball into the box for Stipe Buke. Stipe Buke's first shot deflected back to him, and he put a almost perfect ball onto the head of one Denny Bawanga, but Denny just... He couldn't get it down far enough. I don't know if the if the shot was too high or his angle for the header wasn't very good, whatever it might have been. Denny Bawanga putting it just over the crossbar. Philly 
a 90th minute goal. You had mentioned they are not good at keeping leads. If we could have got that one there in the 90th, maybe things change. And I think again, you know, we really dominated the run of play for the last five, 10 minutes of this match. We put Nathan Ordaz in for Timothy Tillman right before stoppage time. And, and, you know, I went back and watched this play in the first minute of stoppage time. And, and look, I'll preface it with every time I bring up that I think Denny Bawanga needs to be a little less selfish, I'm reminded of the fact that Denny Bawanga is the second leading scorer in Major League Soccer. And sometimes those players can be as selfish as they want to be for the entire season because those are the players that score your goals. But I think that every now and then maybe Denis needs to pass the ball and then make a run in behind rather than trying to do it all himself, maybe going 1v2. Because I thought that as Nathan Ordaz made a run from the middle on this ball in the first minute of stoppage time, I know it's Nathan Ordaz. I know he's a teenager and he's had like six minutes of Major League Soccer experience. And this is Denny Bawanga, the captain of the Gabonese national team. But if he slides in this pass and Nate can do anything at all with it, now you've made Nate a weapon as well. And you have to account for Nathan Ordaz as he's coming streaking through the box because you know that Denny Bawanga will feel good enough to give it up to him rather than continue to hold the ball on possession every single time and you can just slide the extra defender over because they know if that's Nathan Ordaz, Denny Bawanga's not passing it. He's got to make the pass so that we become more dangerous. I agree. I mean, it, almost all flipping most did we come to equalizing that. But at one point, we almost looked like we would have just been made to look ugly because in the 90th plus five minute, J-Mac, huge save to keep things respectable. It's Douglas Costa. Again, the guy's the guy was good today. The guy's been good in the last four matches. Since returning, Douglas Costa has been okay, and it's no coincidence so that the Galaxy have gone on the run that they have. He gets the ball in over to Jovalich, who had a clean and healthy look at John McCarthy, but his shot gets stopped. Thankfully, John McCarthy made that save. Happy birthday, John. That was a great gift that you gave us because at 3-1, to one, this looks way worse than what it was 2-1. to one. But he kept he helped make it look respectable. And I really don't have anything between that and the final whistle. We gave it our all. Oh, I've, I've got up. one thing. Okay, go for it. I absolutely first of all, right before that, can we just talk about Mati Bogush's perfect ball into the box that bounced around a couple of times? Nobody could get a shot on target on it. Uh, Philly, yeah. Philly, we're talking about stoppage time being where we had one or two really nice chances, but you mentioned it. So did they. I, I want to mention in the fifth minute, it was pretty much the last touch of any black and gold player in this match. Oh, uh, yeah. Jose Cifuentes, with maybe his last touch as a member of LAFC, the pass way too long for Denny Bawanga. He wanted Denny to cut inside. Denny was making his run on the outside. He kind of got mad at Denny there in the last minute. And I just thought, man, how the mighty have fallen. Jose Cifuentes... To say he was a key individual on our run to MLS Cup and over these last two or three years is doing him a, a huge disservice. He was a massive part of everything we did on offense. And he was a pretty solid defensive midfielder when he wanted to be from time to time. But it was it was the dynamism that he brought us on the offensive end of things for LAFC that really set Jose Cifuentes apart. 
and to see how the mighty have fallen, how 2022, the end of 2022, and really the beginning and all of 2023 have just been, he's been a shell of himself, man. He's had one foot, one mind, one eye on Europe the entire season, Philly. And you just had that feeling like, man, his last touch is going to be a ball where he clearly showed no connection with the most important player on the pitch for us in Denny Bawanga at that time. So his last touch will kind of be a bad pass. And then he yells at Denny Bawanga. I I love the guy, man. I wish him all the best. If he goes to Rangers, I wish him all the best there. If he goes to the Texas Rangers, I don't care. I wish him all the best there. I'd be something if he went on over the Texas Rangers. I mean, if they're starting a soccer team, they do okay by signing Jose C. Fuentes. But uh, again, I'm just, I'm bummed with how this looks like it's coming to an end. I was reading on Twitter, Philly, uh, that someone posted out there um, that he had tears in his eyes as he was looking at the 3252 as he was coming off from the pitch because maybe he knew that this would be it. Um, but just a, a frustratingly sad moment to watch Jose C. Fuentes' career um, you know, kind of come to an end in the way that it did as unceremoniously. You're not, you're not wrong. I, I had, it was frustrating to watch this season, mainly because we know what we had out of Jose C. Fuentes, an integral part of our championship run. No question, no question whatsoever. But this was a very disappointing season for him. And yeah, I get it. He should have gone. He probably felt that he, he got a host in that respect. But now he's going to get his opportunity. And when he comes back, we'll cheer and we'll salute him. And quite honestly, as we should for every member of that 2022 championship team, we're spoiled in Los Angeles. We have so much success from a lot of our sports franchises. But winning a championship is just not an easy feat. Who knows when the next one is going to be? And with the way we're playing, it certainly doesn't look like it's going to be 2023. I can tell you that for a fact. We certainly... No way hell we're going for competing for a supporter shield. But I do have nothing but love and respect for Jose C. Fuentes. If this is it, this is it. We appreciate your services, but look, it, 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 it's time to move on, and now's a better time than any. Yeah, I want to make sure I shout him out. This is who I read the Twitter post from. It's at AA Becerra 30 uh, was the one who said, Sifu crying, looking at the 3252. He's for sure gone after tonight's game. And look, I laughed out loud. I'm sorry if I'm throwing dirt on a grave, but at underscore manual said, and I'm crying because he's still on the field for us. Uh, <laughs> just, I, it made me laugh. I'm sorry. Uh, all right, Philly, do we want to get in the stats or do you want to get into where we are on the table and just uh, call a, call a postmortem on this thing here? Yeah, I mean, it's almost three in the morning. So look, we had 17 shots to their 11. We had eight on target to their six. They were a lot more effective at converting than we were. Out of the eight shots that we had on target, I said it multiple times on this pod, five of them came from Denny Bowanga. Five of them. He nearly had as many shots on target as Galaxy did in the game. They had a little bit more possession than we did. Our passing accuracy was the way it was. We had five chances that were created, and four of those by Carlos Vela. And, I mean, that's the story there. Denny Bowanga probably should have scored a goal. Uh, Carlos Vela probably should have had... Uh, an assist. I mean, the XG for Denny Boanga was 0.65. The XA, aka expected assist by Carlos Vela, should have been 0.45. But that's the story there. And Scarf, could you uh, can you guess who had the most accurate passes 
between both sides uh, of, of the pitch. Can you tell me who do you think that was? The most accurate passer on both sides. Number of accurate passes, yes. Most Wait, number or percentage? No, not uh, uh, accurate passes, not percentage, accurate passes. Ooh. I'm going to go with Giorgio Chiellini. You're right, 53 to Ricky Pooch is 52. Giorgio Chiellini had a lot of touches and a lot of uh, – of involvement in this game with a lot of great defensive stops. Oh, by the way, Carlos Vale also had 11 crosses attempted. Um, and that's the story. I mean, Denny Buanga, eight shots, five of them on target. The next three coming by way of Ryan Hollingshead, obviously Ilya Sanchez scoring the goal, and then Nathan Ordaz. Those are your shots on target. Five of them being Denny Buanga. Carlos Vela, as I said, four chances created. And for as much as we've we've kind of crapped on him this game about him getting beat by Pooch, Duenas had three chances that he created. Yeah. So I mean, he was part of the offense, but we rely heavily on Denny. If this isn't evidence that we need a number nine, that we don't need a player the likes of a Chicho Arango, if not better, which geez, if we could get somebody better than Chicho, whoa, he scored 35 goals for us in the limited amount of time that he was with us. I mean, that, that that's your indicator right here. I love Denny, 11 goals on the season, but if he's not having it, we're not having it. And if we're going to be competitive and make a run to and in the playoffs, we need more reinforcements. We've been saying this time and time again. It's getting old. It's getting as old as hearing the excuse, yeah, these guys have played 30 games. They played an entire season before July. I get it, but these are the facts. At the end of the day, it's the results that start to matter. And after having lost eight out of the last 11 in all competitions, you got to ask the tough questions. What the hell is going on? I mean, we could argue, is it a tactical thing? Maybe. I mean, we, ha- we have our opportunities. They, they just aren't converting. Jose Cifuentes, for as much as I love him, the guy's not a factor. Uh, he's not a scoring threat. You saw on, on his attempts, nowhere near goal. I, I, I don't know what it is, but what I do know is hopefully like we get something out of this transfer window because the way it works, we can't sit back, wait, and rely on the players that are hurt and on international duty to come back and be a factor for our team. We need fresh blood, new blood, excited blood, talented blood, proven blood. We need blood. Yeah, look, the players that are out right now, Aaron Long, he's not scoring many goals for us, okay? Jesus Murillo, he's not scoring many goals for us. Sergey Palencia, not scoring many goals for us. So if you're looking at those guys, we know that they're not the answer in terms of our offensive woes. Mahala, by the way, has not had the season that he's having that he had last year, this year. Mahala's been a shell of himself, unfortunately. Unfortunately, one of the lightning rods of criticism has also been Stipe Buke. There's been very little in terms of production that have come by way of number seven, Stipe Buke. And when you are looking around Major League Soccer and you're seeing the likes of Christian Ramirez and Danny Musovsky, who are relatively true number nines in that they're, they have one job, and that's to get forward and score goals, putting goals into the back of the net on a consistent basis and we've seen that, unfortunately, from Christian Ramirez pretty much ever since he left LAFC. Mm. He he tore it up at Aberdeen when he got the, the minutes, anyway. Then he fell out of favor. I don't know what happened. Maybe they realized he was an American and didn't want him there. I don't know. But uh, Christian Ramirez got run out of Aberdeen, and all he's done is gone to Columbus Crew and scored a bunch of goals. You've got a guy like Danny Musovsky 
who, look, I don't know how much run he's going to get moving forward with Chicho Arango coming in there and a couple of other guys who they're looking at in terms of frontline help, but Musovsky is scoring goals. And so, look, I'm not saying bring back Danny Musovsky or we should have kept him instead of Mahalo or anything else like that. We love Danny. Oliver, we hope you still listen to the pod as well. We miss you guys. And Christian Ramirez, when he was in black and gold, was clearly a problem. Look, Christian Ramirez did something that was way harder to do than score a goal, and that was put it over the crossbar from six and a half inches out. He was one of the better false nines we've had. <laughs> Absolutely. But he was a nine. And so I, I think what we've realized, anytime I see I hear false nine now, I think of Jamie Tart running by, pass me the ball, pass me the ball, pass me the ball. I'm open right over here. I just, I love, I, I know I'm, I'm an American who loves Ted Lasso. Deal with it. What do you think about that beard? Yeah, yep. there you go. Props. <laughs> um, we need a nine. It's no secret. We need a nine. We need some midfielders because I think we know with Jose Fuentes going out the door, look, if we start Timothy Tillman, Kellen Acosta, and Ilya Sanchez for the rest of the season, great. But if that's who we continue to rely on week in and week out, Kellen Acosta dealing with injury, Timothy Tillman dealing with injury, Ilya Sanchez, look, he's a little older, and I feel like we said this last year, but he kept playing really well, but he's even older than he was last year, this year. That's how that works, right? So... Is Eric Duenas, Nathan Ordaz, are, are they viable options in terms of depth? Sure, for now. But I would like somebody a little bit more experienced. And the nice part is what we know about John Thorrington and Steve Trundolo is that when they scout players who work for the system, they scout players who are ready to fit in tomorrow. It took Monty Bogush a month or two to get acclimated to, I don't know, everything, including living in the United States. He's a teenager that came over to play in the United States at, at our highest professional level of soccer. Took him a little while, but took Danny a little while. Let's let's not be absolutely. I think it's safe safe to say that what we see from Mati Bogush is something special. I think Mati Bogush is special and anybody out there who doesn't believe it, keep in mind, he's 19. And keep in mind, he's doing things in terms of set pieces and putting balls literally on the head and on the feet of players coming into the box right where they need to be, that he's doing some special things. But I'm hoping, you mentioned in the various bloods that you said that we needed, I'm hoping that some of these players that we bring in are veterans. I, I I don't necessarily... I don't necessarily want a 17, 18, 19, 20 year old project. No, I would love any of those. Yeah, no, look, I would love a, I don't know, a Romelu Lukaku who can just go straight to the front of the net, right? Someone like that. Uh, I know it's not actually going to be Lukaku, but I just want somebody to go to the front of the net. I-, I want somebody in the midfield who is going to be a defensive presence in the midfield so that we can take a little bit of the onus off of Ilya time in and time out. And look, I've said this time and time again, and I think it killed us today, Philly, the lack of depth at outside back, especially behind cheeky Palacios, especially behind cheeky Palacios. This was a problem today and cheeky your maturity or lack thereof. I'm sorry. You cost us partially this match today. 
because in having to start Eric Duenas because of your yellow card accumulation and the the nature of some of the yellow cards that you have picked up this season, they have been immature and costly and no more so than this match. People on Twitter, why are we starting Eric Duenas at, at left back? Who else did we have? Sergey Palencia is out with an injury. Normally, we'd have other people there, but we just don't have the depth. Julian Gaines clearly not ready for the moment, apparently, according to Steve, although maybe I would have liked to have seen more of a natural outside back like Julian Gaines, although he's been learning the position. But we need depth, and I think Cheeky cost us a little bit today. Uh, hang on. <laughs> that applause was because you're absolutely right. Cheeky, this is kind of on Cheeky for having Eric Duenas out there. We've learned something. We've learned a couple of things this season in these past few games, especially these past couple losses. We don't want Elias Sanchez in the back. And I'm pretty confident in saying we don't really want Eric Duenas back there either. That much we have learned. I don't really have too much more. This is a game that sucked. Sucked. When you lose to your arch rival, it sucks. There's no way to feel differently about it. Yeah, we could come up with all these like fun sayings and you can't have the rain, you can't have the rainbows and the sunshine without the rain and we're tired and we'll get them next time. I want to get them every time. Every single time. 82,110 people on hand. And we had everything going for us. Looked like we had the vast majority of people in attendance. <laughs> the Galaxy gets a fat L for their TIFO. They have Twizzle everything going in our favor in that respect. But we can't score goals. And this is a very different LAFC team that we've seen. I mean, ever since that CONCACAF Champions League final, and I'm talking game one, leg one of it, we've looked like a completely different, tired, exhausted, mentally, physically fatigued team. And as I said in the last pod, if we ride this fatigue wave, it needs to end July 15th. In yep. that match on the road against Minnesota United. Because with a two-week break, there's zero, and I mean zero, excuses for fatigue mentally and physically. The season's a grind. I get it. We've played more games than anybody else has in Major League Soccer. But this narrative needs to end and change. Because yep. if we're going to be a championship team, a defending championship team, and we know what is ahead of us in terms of our schedule, you got to roll with the punches and it's every man up. I understand why people are angry with Stipe Buke. I don't want to be angry at Stipe Buke, but he hasn't really done much. I love what you're saying about Mati Bogush. A lot of potential, a lot of great things, but he needs to step up. It can't just be Denis. I grow tired of saying the same stinking things over and over and over again. And at 2.45 in the morning on Wednesday, July 5th, I'm done with this. <laughs> I'm done. The last thing, Scarf, if you may. Uh, if I, you have anything else that you need to add, I just have one thing that's totally Yeah, mine will be top. quick, but go ahead. No, go for it. I'll, I'll end it with my thing. Oh, why do you get to have the last word? Oh, what fine. Fair enough. A lot of people have been asking me about this thing. This away patch. Yeah. Okay. So the way it's worked for us, and I'm saying this because it's happened a couple times. The place to go to for that patch, 
If you're staring, if you're buying the North End and you're staring directly at it, to your left, that little corner right there where you have like the guest services, that is the area where they've been, they had been this season handing out the patches. If you could show proof of your ticket from the game, you get the patch. And that's how we got it. You don't get it at the opposing stadium. You get it at BMO from that section. If they change it, they change it. But this is where we've gotten these patches. So FYI, that's that. Yeah, that's the northeast entrance of the stadium, you guys. Uh, head on over to Northeast Entrance Stadium again. If you're behind the 3252, underneath it, looking at the 3252, it's to your left. So head on over to there. Uh, I've seen it. I walked with Philly. We both got our patches from the same person. Thank you so much. I don't want to out them just in case they want peace and quiet, and they don't want you all bothering them and asking them for them. But patches. head to that spot. You should be good. Uh, real quick, we drop now to third in the table by way of goal differential behind both St. Louis and now Seattle Sounders, who have the Ugh. same number of points as we do, but a better goal differential, seven to six. You mentioned it. We've got three more matches left before we get a little bit of a break. July 8th, July 12th, July 15th. That is gross. That is three matches in seven days, eight days, excuse me. July 8th at BMO against San Jose. July 12th at BMO against St. Louis. And July 15th at Minnesota United. That will make it 33 matches by July 15th. I just want to remind everybody that the average MLS Cup season every single year, MLS regular season, is 34 regular season games. Now I know there's always an open cup and there's always some other Fugazi cup that we're playing for at some point, but 33 matches by July 15th when 34 matches is the number of your MLS regular season matches is just an insane number. I think it's yeah. safe to say, Philly, that we broke the heck out of the record for matches played by July 1st with 29. I have to imagine then playing four more matches in the next 14 days is going to put the record pretty far out of reach by July 15th as well with 33 matches. So Until next season, the next dumb cup that we have to participate yeah, in. Yeah, right. And and again, we had another game added to our schedule, right? The uh, Campeones Cup final. So there's always that. That's in September, though, so we get a little bit of break. Um yeah, Philly, you mentioned you're, you're all done. I just have one last quick thing to say. Uh, Defenders Nation, my my favorite part about doing this podcast, and it's a little selfish, is, is the incredible community that we have all built uh, here in the black and gold. Uh, a lot of people at Tailgate today, you know, came up to us saying, hey, you know, keep doing the good work on the podcast, this and that. Um, we rarely ask anything of you guys other than to donate, you know, exorbitant amounts of money to the Mo Fascio Futsal Court. I just want to ask real quick to all the defenders out there, to the uh, to the millions and to the chorus and of Black and Gold Faithful and everybody else, if you could just say a quick prayer for my dad. Um, he's going through things right now, and uh, my mom and dad are, uh, you know, not getting any younger, and my dad has been dealing with some health issues as of late. Um, if I look completely exhausted, it's partially because of not just LAFC and everything that we're doing, um, but... Uh, just, you know, it, it, whatever God you pray to, whatever deity you pray to, if, if you don't pray very often, whatever it is, just throw one up for my dad right now. Cause he needs, uh, needs a little bit of extra help from, from you guys. And look, if there's anything that I know, it's that the Lord works in mysterious ways. Just ask Gareth Bale in the 127th minute or whatever it is. So, um, love you guys. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's all I've got for this episode. Same. I got nothing else unless, I can remind the galaxy people that listen to this pod that 
You're still second to last place in the West and 26th overall. So bask in your glory. You're still in the bottom of the table. Yeah. Now all right. Back. Well, you like you know how we like to end all of our podcasts. This is episode 263. And don't worry, we'll do this again in just four more days. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.